Welcome to On Fire. This is the On Fire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Allen. Uh, I am excited to be in this this room. I've uh, I've forfeited my office for the next uh, week and a half or so uh, to be a home missionary training center uh, for my daughter who was just set apart as a missionary a couple of days ago. So um, she's she has a little break, so I was able to able to borrow the office back, but. Uh, um, I'm grateful that she has the opportunity to serve and it's, it's a blessing to our family. Um, but I just wanted to briefly just, just kind of review, um, a talk that was given by president Russell M. Nelson recently. This was from May 15th of 2022. Uh, it was a young adult, a worldwide young adult devotional. Um, and, and the talk is called choices for eternity. I thought this was significant since this was for for a worldwide audience, uh, and also um, I I apologize, but I don't remember where I heard it. But someone had had some interaction with uh, with Sister Wendy Nelson, and she uh, had told this individual uh, that this was before they they gave the devotional that said the adversary does not want us to give this message. I think there were there were some challenges or whatever, and she. Uh, and she believed that uh, this was important and, and that they were trying to be stopped by the adversary or he was trying to impede uh, the, the, the devotional happening. So, um, so obviously something that is, is important. And hopefully you saw this or, or listened to it. If not, I would invite you to do that. It was a, it was a wonderful devotional. Both, uh, both President Nelson and Sister Nelson had great messages. Um, but... Uh, but I want to run through President Nelson's message and just highlight some of the things that I, I think are really important and really timely, especially for uh, for young adults and for for youth in the church. So President Nelson said uh, early on, he said, my purpose tonight is to make sure that your eyes are wide open to the truth that this life really is the time when you get to decide what kind of life you want to live forever. Now is your time to prepare to meet God. Mortal lifetime is hardly a nanosecond compared with eternity. But my dear brothers and sisters, what a crucial nanosecond it is. During this life, we get to choose whether or we get to choose which laws we are willing to obey. Those of us of the celestial kingdom or of the terrestrial or the telestial. And therefore, in which kingdom of glory we will live forever. Every righteous choice that you make here will pay huge, dividend, huge dividends now but righteous choices in mortality will pay unimaginable dividends eternally. If you choose to make covenants with God and are faithful to those covenants, you have the promise of glory added upon your head forever and ever. I love this, this, the simplicity of, of that statement. Um, and it really is true that, uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, judgment day and, and, and think about being judged uh, after this life. And, and really, uh, it's very simple and, and we can have a little sneak peek because if we, whatever law we are willing to obey is, is the type of person we, we will be. If we can obey a celestial law, that doesn't mean we, we live it perfectly, but if we, if we strive to do that and we repent when we fall short um, and we have faith in our Savior, then, uh, then we will become celestial people and that's a glory that we can abide. And so that's where... Uh, where we will be is is in the celestial kingdom, and if we're only willing to uh, to obey a terrestrial law, 
then we'll be a terrestrial, a terrestrial person and, and we'll abide in the terrestrial kingdom. And same with, with telestial. Uh, so it's really very simple, but we get to choose uh, if we want to do that and, and what kind of an eternity uh, we want to have. And I think um, that this life, I think, is more significant than uh, than we might believe. Um, I believe we, we've lived for, almost all of us have lived for a long time previously before coming here. And, and this really uh, is our chance to to be proven, like the book of Abraham says. Uh, the Lord says, we will prove them now herewith, after he's created an earth whereon uh, these may dwell. And um, and the purpose is to, to prove his children and see if they'll be obedient. And so that's that's really what it comes down to, and that's how simple it is. Uh, I'm going to go on with, with President Nelson's words here. He says, These truths ought to prompt your ultimate sense of FOMO, or fear of missing out. You have the potential to reach the celestial kingdom. The ultimate FOMO would be missing out on the celestial kingdom, settling for a lesser kingdom, because here on earth you chose only to live the laws of a lesser kingdom. The adversary, of course, does not want you even to think about tomorrow, let alone eternal life. But please don't be uninformed or naive about the opportunities and challenges of mortality. In that spirit, you need to understand three fundamental truths that will help you prepare your future course. First, know the truth about who you are. Second, know the truth about what Heavenly Father and His Son have offered you. And third, know the truth related to your conversion. All right, so those are the... Those are the, the things I want to focus on as well. Um, and especially that first one, that identity. Um, if you haven't listened to it, the very first podcast in this series uh, is um, is called uh, Who Are You? And it's, it goes over, um, again, President Nelson and, and a, a devotional, to uh, actually several, to young adults and also to youth, some of the messages uh, that he's given that, um, that talked about who the youth are are and, and what their uh, potential and purpose is and uh, and the youth as well. So that would be a good one to review uh, to go along with this. Um, but President Nelson says this, first, know the truth about who you are. I believe that if the Lord were speaking to you directly tonight, the first thing he would make sure you understand is your true identity. My dear friends, you are literally spirit children of God. You have sung this truth since you learned the words to I am a child of God. But is that eternal truth imprinted upon your heart? Has this truth rescued you when confronted with temptation? I fear that you may have heard this truth so often that it sounds more like a slogan than divine truth. And yet the way you think about who you really are affects almost every decision you will ever make. I think that that is, is, uh, is true as far as that the phrase, I'm a child of God, I think has been... Um, has kind of been sloganized and to the point where, uh, where it, it's lost some of its meaning. Um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, I talked about the difference between, um, being a child of God and becoming a child of Christ, uh, in, in a previous podcast. And I, I can't think of the name of that podcast, but, um, but there, there's a difference there. And, and I think, um, I think I, to, to, to teach one point, I, I kind of downplayed the other child, the child of God, because, because everyone who comes to earth is, is a child of God. But that is, 
is significant, especially when it comes to airship, which we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes. But um, but the truth is that our spirits are uh, are literally uh, children of heavenly parents. We have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother, and we are endowed with with their spiritual DNA and their character, and uh, and that is is very significant. We're not just uh, we're not just you know created from uh, from clay or or evolved from from some one celled organism, uh, but we we really are are children of 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 divine uh, parents. So. Uh, really, really important to, uh, to think about and internalize. Um, President Nelson then talked about, about labels and identities. And I think this is very timely. We live in, uh, especially in the United States and, and I think in Europe as well, but we live in, um, in a society where, um, where people's, uh, labels and the way they identi identify themselves are becoming increasingly um, a, more a part of, of who people uh, believe themselves to be. And so uh, it's important that we kind of have our, our ducks in a row in that regard. Uh, let me just read some more of President Nelson's message. He said this, Labels can be fun and indicate your support for any number of positive things. Many labels will change for you with the passage of time, and not all labels are of equal value. But if any label replaces your most important identifiers, Listen carefully to this. I'll repeat. If any label replaces your most important identifiers, the results can be spiritually suffocating. For example, if I were to rank in order of importance the designations that could be applied to me, I would say, first, I am a child of God, a son of God. And I think that is significant that he's saying a son of God because our, our gender is eternal and is part of our eternal being. It is significant. Uh, and so, so first he's saying, I am a son of God, then a son of the covenant, then a disciple of Jesus Christ and a devoted member of his restored church. Next would come my honored titles as a husband and father, then apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those designations, um, are very telling as far as what our prophet believes is, uh, is the most important for the way for us to see ourselves that first we are a son or a daughter of God and then a son or daughter of the covenant. And that is, even if the, the covenant, the only covenant you've made is baptism, uh, you are a child of the covenant and, and have a, a binding relationship with our father in heaven. Uh, that really is only severed by you. Um, because he he won't do it. It would be something that you would have to walk away from and deny. Otherwise, uh, you have you have a covenant that binds you to him and and that entitles you to the promised blessings uh, that are uh, associated with with that covenant. And then when you uh, when you go to the temple and make additional covenants, then uh, you you increase um, that that tie and you have additional promises. And blessings that are that are made to you, and those things are for us. Uh, those the, the only purpose in uh, in providing covenants are for you and I uh, to to be blessed and to have an assurance of of the blessings that our Father in Heaven wants to to provide for us, wants to give us. And so, being a, a son or daughter of the covenant 
is is very significant uh, in our uh, in our here and now, but also in our future. Um, and then it is a disciple of Jesus Christ, and and that uh, I think that's self-explanatory, but but something we should uh, some way we should see ourselves. I think even uh, more important than um, than a member of the church necessarily would be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's that's how he's going to designate himself, and then. Uh, and then some other important things, but he's but he's put them below his his titles as uh, as husband and father, and then his calling in the church uh, as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and obviously as president of the church. Um, but those those are are down the list a little bit in in uh, importance for him. Uh, so if this is true for a prophet of God, then this is true for you and I. Uh, so. I hope that you'll remember this and and think of yourself this way that as you identify yourself that first and foremost you are a child of God, a son or daughter of God. Second, as a member of the church, you are a son or daughter of the covenant. And then third, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you don't feel like you are those things or if you need to make covenants in order to have to be a child of the covenant, uh, I invite you to do to do so to to uh, to do what's necessary to, to qualify to be able to make uh, make the covenant of baptism uh, and and enjoy those blessings and being a disciple of Christ uh, has a lot to do with the way that we live that we strive to live uh, according to Christ's teachings in the way that we treat each other and uh, and and obedience to His laws. Okay, going on with President Nelson's message here, he said this. Tonight, I plead with you not to replace these three paramount and unchanging identifiers with any others, because doing so could stymie your progress or pigeonhole you in a stereotype that could potentially thwart your eternal progression. For example, if you are identified mainly as an American, those who are not Americans may think, I know everything there is to know about you and attribute erroneous beliefs to you. If you identify yourself by your political affiliation, you will instantly be categorized as having certain beliefs, though I don't know anyone who believes everything that their preferred political party presently embraces. Uh, so I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice by not, not, that, we, not that we can't identify ourselves as, as being from a, a certain country or area um, and, and, and the way we believe politically, but if we put those... If we put those identifiers above uh, the three that he is suggesting, uh, then we um, it, it can. Well, he said it will. It can thwart our eternal progression. Uh, those types of labels, but I think others as well that have to do with, and he's going to talk about later, have to do with race and uh, and with um, with sexual orientation and and gender. Any of those things, those labels or identifiers, I identify as as such and such, uh, if those are, if those are more important. And I think we, we can see, um, in some instances where, uh, where race by some people is, is put on the very top and that's the most important thing. And, and people are identified that way. And that, that's really unfortunate because it, it makes no difference to God and, and it makes no, it should make no difference to, to us. Uh, as well. And so uh, 
there's there's no point in in making that such an important identifier. Okay, going on with President Nelson's message here, he says this, how tragic it is when someone believes the label another person has given them. Imagine the heartache of a child who is told, you are dumb. Identifiers and labels are powerful. The adversary rejoices, listen to this carefully, the adversary rejoices in labels because they divide us and restrict the way we think about ourselves and each other. How sad it is when we honor labels more than we honor each other. Labels can lead to judging and animosity. Any abuse or prejudice toward another because of nationality, race, sexual orientation, gender, educational degrees, culture, or other significant identifiers is offensive to our maker. Such mistreatment causes us to live beneath our stature as his covenant sons and daughters. Uh, so I think whether we are applying uh, these labels to ourselves or to someone else, uh, they can be, uh, that can be harmful. And also, like he said, is offensive to our maker. Uh, whether we, uh, whether we abuse, abuse or show prejudice towards someone else because of those identifiers, or whether we uh, have, have pride because of these identifiers, uh, either way, we are, uh, are being less than we, than we could be. Um, President Nelson also said this, there are various labels that may be very important to you, of course. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that other designations and identifiers are not significant. I'm simply saying that, pay attention to this, no identifier should displace, replace, or take priority over these three enduring designations, child of God, child of the covenant, and disciple of Jesus Christ. Any identifier that is not compatible with these three basic designations will ultimately let you down. Other labels will disappoint you in time because they do not have the power to lead you toward eternal life in the celestial kingdom of God. Okay, so I think that's very important too. Anything, any identifier that, that you may have that is not compatible with you being a, a child, a son, of, son or daughter of God, a son or daughter of the covenant, and a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, will let you down. And I think that's a gentle way of putting it. It will, uh, it will lead you into forbidden paths. We might say it, it will, uh, it will stymie your progression. Um, it's something to, to avoid. And I think, uh, if anyone listening to this, if, if, if you evaluate yourself and you find that, uh, that you have let other things be more important about how you see yourself than, than those three that he's mentioning, um, then some self-reflection is in order and, and hopefully some reordering of, of priorities um, will take place in, in your life. And, uh, uh, and hopefully that will, I'm, I'm sure that will be a blessing if, if you'll actually do that. Um, all right, and then he goes on to, to talk about these identifiers and, and the relationship between uh, the, the, the way we see each other and our uh, divine DNA. So President Nelson said this, Worldly identifiers will never give you a vision of who you can ultimately become. They will never affirm your divine DNA or your unlimited divine potential. Because there is a grand plan of salvation authored by Heavenly Father, does it not stand to reason that you also have a divine destiny? Make no mistake about it. Your potential is divine. 
with your diligent seeking, God will give you glimpses of who you may become. I love this. I wish, I wish especially that, that youth and, and young adults uh, could, could see this, could understand um, divine potential, what that actually means. I know in young women, uh, you know, that's part of, part of the theme and, and you talk about uh, divine nature, but it is, it is in actuality what is inside of you. And, uh, and, and divine means, means godly, means God. And so uh, having a divine destiny means, uh, means to have a God, a godly life uh, that's not an imitation, but that is a, the life of a, of a divine being. Um, and I love how he said that with, with diligent seeking, and that's key, with diligent seeking, God will give you glimpses of who you may become. Uh, and that's something that you can ask for that you, through, through prayer and through meditation, uh, you can be given uh, glimpses through the spirit or impressions through the spirit of what you can become of who you may become. Um, and, and personally, I've had this happen in, in reverse um, to where I have received glimpses of, of who just, just small things, impressions about who, uh, who I was and what I was like prior to coming into mortality. And, and while giving priesthood blessings, I've had uh, little glimpses into other people's pre-mortality and just, just thoughts or, or feelings or just a, a glimpse of what, um, what that was like. And, and so uh, that's something that we can receive. The Lord will bless us with that if we put ourselves in a place where we can, can receive that, where we can receive the Spirit and, and be taught and receive that type of, of revelation uh, that is akin to, to, to visions. Um, but it requires, he's, he's saying with your diligent seeking, and that means prayer and, and meditation and time and devotion. Uh, and, then, and then you can receive those, those glimpses. I invite everyone uh, to do that, to seek after that. Uh, it will make a difference if you, if you can get a glimpse of what uh, of, of who you can be, uh, it will become very motivating to, to live a celestial law and to, to seek to receive what is being offered to you. Uh, and that's kind of what he's going to talk about next. President Nelson says this, Heavenly Father's plan for his children allows us to live where and how he lives and ultimately to become more and more like him. His plan literally makes the richest blessings of all eternity available to us including the potential for us to become joint heirs with Christ. And that phrase comes from the New Testament, from the, the book of Romans. But uh, I think that we, we need to think of that. We, we need to divorce ourselves from, uh, from, the, the, from the traditional Christian uh, view of, of heaven um, to something much, much more grand and more glorious and, uh, and with, with endless potential and, and endless life. Um, and that's, what's being offered to us. I'm always astonished as I, I, I read, uh, section 84 of the doctrine and covenants, the oath and covenant of the priesthood and, and the oath that the father makes in that oath and covenant of the priesthood, which also applies to the temple is, is that he promises those who, uh, who are Christ's and become joint heirs with Christ 
will inherit all that the father has. And the, that isn't regard, in regards to possessions necessarily, but all that he is and, and all that he has. Uh, and that is just unimaginable. And I think it's easy for us to uh, be intimidated by that and to think, I'm not worthy to have that, or I don't deserve to have those blessings. And, and those things are true. And, and I am not worthy of those things, and I don't deserve those things. But I believe in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ has merited those things. He is deserving and worthy of those blessings. But he is willing and able to share those blessings with you and I. And, and he is, that's what a joint heir is, is to, is to receive an inheritance along with uh, someone else, along with Christ in this instance. So what he's merited, he will share and give to you and I. And it's incredibly generous and incredibly kind uh, that he is, is willing to do that. But it is a truth that he is and that he wants to. That's the type of being that he is and that father is, is that they want us to have more, far more than we uh, deserve or, ha or have merited. And it's right there. And even if we, even if we live a terrestrial or a telestial law, we'll still receive far more than we are, are worthy of or deserve. Any kingdom of glory is, is that. But how can we settle for less when, when we are being offered all that the Father has? Let me go on here with President Nelson's message. He says, God knows and sees all. In all of eternity, no one will ever know you or care about you more than he does. No one will ever be closer to you than he is. You can pour out your heart to him and trust him to send the Holy Ghost and angels to care for you. He demonstrated his ultimate love when he sent his only begotten son to die for you, to be your savior and your redeemer. Through his atonement, the Lord Jesus Christ overcame the world. Therefore, he is mighty to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will deliver you from your most excruciating circumstances in his own way and time. As you come unto him in faith, he will guide you, preserve and protect you. He will heal your broken heart and comfort you in your distress. He will give you access to his power and he will make the impossible in your life become possible. I love those, this, those blessings of, uh, of the Savior. I, I've really been struck lately uh, with just, just seeing uh, people that I, that I know and love, especially younger people um, who have walked away from their covenants because they're deceived and, and enticed um, by this other, this alternative religion that they don't see as a religion uh, that I talked about in a, a couple podcasts ago. Um, and it's called Choose You This Day. But this, uh, this re alternate religion of, of wokeism um, that is opposing uh, the, the true religion and, and, and church of Jesus Christ, it's an opposition to it. And it's enticing a lot of, of good people who, have, who are compassionate and are kind and good people. It's enticing to them uh, to, to walk away from their covenants and to abandon them because they, uh, and they feel like they're being a better person uh, doing that. But it's, it is deception and it leads to heartache and it leads to a forfeiture of, of these blessings that we've been discussing. And so uh, I hope that we'll treasure the, the covenants that we've made and, and, and the blessings that, that are being promised and will live faithfully. Uh, going on with President Nelson here, he says, God will do everything he can short of violating your agency 
to help you not miss out on the greatest blessings in all eternity. God has a special love for each person who makes a covenant with him in the waters of baptism. And that divine love deepens as additional covenants are made and faithfully kept. Then at the end of mortal life, precious is the reunion of each covenant child with our Heavenly Father. All right, and then he's going to talk about owning your own conversion. And again, I, I apologize, I keep referring back to uh, to previous podcasts, but I think um, a lot of this is, is a culmination of things that we've talked about in this podcast series before. Um, if you listen to the, the podcast entitled, um, what is it? It's, uh, it's about being, being born again. Um, I can't think of the title of it, but it's, if you are on YouTube, you, it's got a little uh, picture of a chrysalis and a, 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 um, a monarch butterfly uh, coming out of it. And I, I, and it's, it's about being, being reborn, experiencing a rebirth and conversion is basically that is, is, um, is being born again and, uh, and becoming a new creature, uh, through Jesus Christ. And so, uh, conversion isn't just, isn't just developing a testimony. Uh, that's part of it. And I think that that's the first step is to, is to have a testimony, but then to be changed, uh, through Christ, uh, into a new creature uh, where, where desires change and our hearts change. Uh, and we, we start to lose a desire to do evil, uh, and want to do good continually. So president Nelson said this about conversion, know the truth related to your conversion. The truth is that you must own your own conversion. No one else can do it for you. Um, a lot of the, uh, the, the trouble with, with, the, with labels and identifiers that we've been discussing is that they put people, they group people into, uh, into a collective and, and it erases individuality. And different aspects of the gospel are, are collective. Uh, Israel is a collective term and Zion is a collective term. But ultimately those are uh, groups of people who, uh, who have individually been converted and been reborn uh, and are disciples of Jesus Christ. So by, um, by making an individual conversion unimportant and by making the, the individual uh, insignificant and grouping people, lumping people in, into groups with labels, uh, it, it, it damages uh, individuality, individuality and our individual worth. That's another young women uh, value, isn't it? Um, but uh, individual worth is a big part of, uh, of who we are and, and, and of all of these things we've been discussing. They are received individually and then, uh, and then by family and then by, by extended family and, and, and ultimately into the, the family of God. Um, uh, but individuality is, is important. And, and especially in this, that, that you must own your own conversion and it's not anything that anyone else can do for you or give to you. Uh, but it's, it is personal and, um, and essential. Um, there's more to president Nelson's message and I'll let you, uh, review it and let you, uh, receive additional insights as you, as you listen to our living prophet. Um, but I just wanted to, to mention some of those things in regards to labels and, uh, uh, and how they relate to our current uh, our current situation, and and think about that because 
this was important enough for our prophet to, to call all the young adults through all the world together uh, to give them this message. And so, and not just for young adults, but for, for youth and for, for older adults as well. Um, this, is, this is for all of us and can benefit all of us. And so I will just reiterate that I hope that you will think of yourself and identify yourself in those three ways. First, as a son or daughter of God. Secondly, as a son or daughter of the covenant. And third, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. As you do these things, those will become your driving factors in how you behave and, and what choices that you make and, and will ultimately determine your, uh, your destiny uh, in, in the eternities beyond this life. I witness to you that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of this world and your Savior and your Redeemer and that these incredible blessings uh, that we've been discussing are made possible because of what he has done, because of his atoning sacrifice and because he's overcome sin and he's overcome death and is full of grace and truth and light. Uh, I know that he lives. Uh, his church and kingdom is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Russell M. Nelson is his prophet upon this earth that is my testimony, and I leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.